All right, so we're in uh, we're in Second uh, Timothy chapter two, and we're just working our way through these different uh, attributes uh, that uh, reside that really um, resonate from us being a son of God. <clears throat> and so we've talked about uh, obviously the introduction as a son in verses chapter one and verse two, uh, also chapter two and verse one, and then a steward in verse two of chapter two, a soldier and athlete. We got through that last time we met. Today we're going to look at being a farmer in verses 6 through 7, and then we'll progress on down through a teacher, a student, a vessel of honor, and a servant. So uh, we saw that identification as a faithful son uh, is important. Faithful men need to, need examples of faithfulness. Faithful men need examples, and faithful men need to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So we can uh, be in prayer for the upcoming men's conference coming up here in just a few weeks, October 13th and 14th. And... Uh, uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of sneaking up on folks, I can tell. So I am praying that folks get uh, engaged and enough time for us to plan all the things that we need effectively. Um, and uh, also, we have identifications of faithful steward, uh, collect God's word, and commit God's word to faithful men, which is what we're doing uh, in part with the Bible publishing, and of course, all that we do with discipleship and those things. It's very important that we continue to give, get the word to, of God to faithful men who are able to teach others also. And the third thing there is discipline of a faithful soldier. Of course, faithful, faithful soldiers need to endure hardness uh, and avoid entanglement. And so. Um, you don't want your hardness to become because of entanglement, right? So we need to endure hardness as a good soldier and avoid entanglement so we're free to serve the Lord. And lastly, we saw the integrity of a faithful athlete strives for the mastery, strives lawfully, and is crowned eternally. So tonight we're going to look at uh, how to identify with Christ as a husbandman. A husband is a farmer, uh, perhaps uh, in this congregation. Uh, you know, we have men like Doug Cox, and, and we're in a rural community, so it's not hard for us to identify as a farmer. Um, and so, uh, you know, just like Peter identified with the, uh, or Jesus identified with Peter as a fisher of men, so uh, we can uh, kind of connect with this uh, analogy. In verse six, uh, let's just let's just read in verses one through seven, then we'll pray and get into the text. He says, "Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier, Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangled himself with the affairs of this life that he." may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for the masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, that promise. You will give us understanding in all things. And for many years, I have, uh, as I've come across that verse, I, I've really it's been a, it's been a, a blessing to consider uh, what that is. The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Depart from evil is understanding, and uh, these principles uh, promise to give us understanding in all things, Lord. And so keep us uh, from uh, falling prey, Lord. Uh, though uh, our foot may slip, you keep our feet from slipping, Lord. You are the one that. Uh, holds us up by your right hand as we just sang about your right hand the hand of god the good hand of god the lord jesus christ uh, is the one who has secured our salvation uh our sanctification and continues to cleanse us and wash us in the water of the word tonight so that we can be pure and clean uh we've had a great week of of labor and uh even though in labor though we start to sweat and and get stinky. So, Lord, I pray, God, that you just uh, renew our minds in the Word of God and refresh us. Lord, we've had a good day this morning and a, and a, good, uh, a lot of uh, good preaching this week. We pray, God, to just uh, continue to encourage us in prayer. 
And uh, we pray as we see the word, God, word of God go forth, Lord, uh, physically through the words of God that have been assembled this week, Lord, that uh, the seed would be sown. And as Ron said, it would not get uh, stored up in the barn, but it would make it to where it needs to go, Lord. I thank you for all the initiatives that you have going uh, all over the planet right now uh, and how that you have, uh, Lord, in some of those instances allowed us to be part of that. And we just thank you for all that you are and all that you're doing and how you allow us to just have a, a stake in the kingdom of God in these last days. We pray, God, a blessing tonight on the reading, the hearing, and the application of your word and the praying of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, wisdom of a faithful husbandman is what we're talking about. And so tonight we're going to see the faithful husbandman, if we get through it all, uh, faithful husbandman labors in the field, uh, is rewarded with the first fruits, and a wise husbandman considers... Uh, God's word. So, uh, the wisdom of faithful husbandmen. That's what we're going to start with. Uh, the wisdom of a faithful husbandman uh, labors in the field. Uh, I don't. Let me look at the outlines here. So, a faithful point A. A faithful husbandman uh, labors in the field, and then one is a, a husbandman is a farmer. So, what is a husbandman? A husbandman is a farmer. The first farmer in the Bible was Cain, but the Holy Ghost didn't give him the title of husbandman, uh, but tiller of the ground. So we know that, that he too labored hard, for it was the, the sweat of the brow, from the sweat of the brow that man would have to produce fruit of the field because of the sin of Adam. And, uh, and after Noah's flood, we find the first mention of the word husbandman in Genesis 9.20. And Noah began to be a husbandman and planted a vineyard. So some define husbandman as a vine dresser. Uh, but that's too li- that's a too limited definition. The word applies to a farmer and is not referring to the laborer in the field alone, but to the uh, proprietor of the field. So a husbandman isn't just a farmer or just a fine dresser. It can actually even be a proprietor, right? Like So Boaz was a husbandman. Um, he owned the property that the, the crops were planted on. Uh, and of course, a vine dresser is also, it is a lot of times what is applied to as a husbandman. So, in the broadest sense, the world is the field in a type, and the father is the husbandman, according to Jesus' words in John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. And so, John 15, 1. So, when the Bible defines itself, we go with that. And of course, you do see there that Jesus is using the word vine. Uh, in that sense, and so because uh, he's the vine and we're the branches. So point two, it's assumed that the farmer labors regardless if he has the regardless if he is the proprietor, right? So it's assumed that the farmer labors regardless if he is the uh, the proprietor or the property owner. So you'll have no fruit if you don't labor. If you if you've uh, seen those commercials that compare the image of the famous uh, person. Um, uh, like a Rob Lowe or Peyton Manning with an altar image of some uh, loser. Uh, that's been a few years ago. The admonition is not to be like that loser, right? And so they're stealing a page from the book of Proverbs. The entire book of Proverbs is a series of contrasts, leaving the, the reader with a decision of who he or she would like to be, a wise son or a foolish son, right? Uh, and so uh, we have the decision to make as we look at the book of Proverbs. And so included in Proverbs is the husbandman. So the faithless, unproductive sluggard and fruitless farmer is uh, mentioned there. And I think I left that in your notes, uh, Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 30. I went by the field of the slothful and the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles. 
had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down, then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. And so uh, the faithless, unproductive sluggard always has an excuse not to be diligent. Proverbs chapter uh, 20 and verse 4 says, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore he shall beg and harvest and have nothing. And so you don't want to be an unproductive sluggard uh, or a fruitless farmer. So the faithful productive, uh, there's the faithful productive and fruitful farmer. The contrast to that is also in Proverbs. And I give you that in verse 27 where he says, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks uh, and look well to thy herds. That's what we're talking about this year at Heartland. For riches are not forever. And doth the crown endure to every generation? The hay appeareth, and the tender grass showeth itself, and the herbs of the mountains are gathered. The lambs uh, are for thy clothing, and the goats are the the price of the field. And thou shalt have goat's milk enough for for thy food, and for uh, the food of thy household, and for the maintenance of thy maidens. And he says in in, uh, chapter uh, Psalms 126.6, He that goeth forth and weepeth, Bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bring his sheaves with him. So interestingly enough, we touched on both of these verses and many of these verses today uh, in Alan's message. Uh, Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4 says, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. And so uh, the time to work is now. Proverbs 6, 6 says, Go to the ant thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be thou wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man, which we've already covered. So you don't want to be that sluggard. Uh, but if you um, if you are diligent, then uh, God says, "Hey, you can learn from the sluggard, and not what what not to do." Right? Like your older siblings uh, make all those mistakes. You're like, "That's what I don't want to do. I don't want to get in trouble like that." And so uh, there's an admonition there to you know obviously uh, we got to have a heart into it, uh, weeping, bearing precious seed, uh, regardless if you own the field or not. You'll you'll come in rejoicing with sheaves, and of course there's a, a there's a very clear parallel there to sowing the word of God and uh, the picture that you see. Well, I like the little picture bearing precious seed always has of the casting of the seed, you know, and they have the Bible uh, going out and it's an analogy and it's it's a good one. And uh, we definitely need to get the word out in every way, physically, uh, verbally, uh, you know, every way we can. Um, and so we don't want to become poor because we're dealing with a slack hand. So we need to be diligent and the riches will be found in eternity. So today there's a lot of automation to farming, so we don't get the same sense of the intense labor oftentimes involved in farming uh, for the majority of human history, though there's a lot of labor even in mechanized farming. Um, but uh, when uh, if you've been to like India, uh, Nepal, um, you can often observe the practices there that are, are unchanged throughout the centuries. And I can remember my first trip into Nepal uh, watching them, uh, you know, they take their 
uh, grain and they thresh it right on the street. You drive over it to thresh the wheat uh, and uh, or the rice, and it's just you know I've also seen them beating the sheaves, taking the sheaves and and, and whacking them on a millstone, uh, just like you'd see in the Bible. It's amazing, uh, and so it's hard. It's hard to grow it. It's hard to harvest it. It's hard to you know refine it. When uh, Dave Pierce and I were in Bhutan, we had the privilege of, of grinding grain um, very much. I'm sure like it was in the Bible days. We just had a big old uh, pestle of sorts, a huge. It was like a. It was like a. You take a little bit bigger than a two by, probably like a three by three. If you just took it a three by three on a lathe and spun it into a a, a rod, it was pretty big handled. So you, you had to wrap your hands on it, and the bottom was was big and round. And I think they had probably wrapped it with something to harden it or did something to it. Then we just had a had a, a, a millstone with a hole in it. Uh, you know, very crude, 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 I should say, and they just threw the grain. This uh, was actually corn grain, and uh, and they just beat it until it turned into to grain. I mean, they just broke it down that way. I mean, nothing mechanized at all. This was in the village. We'd asked to go into the village and not just to see all the tour sites, so they let us go in. So we took a stab at it. They let us start doing it. I mean, it was laborious to bust that corn up. Uh, I thought, man, this is a lot of work. Um, I'm thankful they invented mills. A few months ago, we were down at um, uh, College of the Ozarks, and they have a they have an old-fashioned mill uh, process for milling grain. If you've never been down there, it's kind of neat to go look at. Um, and so I was in there asking the guy how they did all that. And uh, they used to Missouri in the Midwest, and Missouri especially was filled with with mills that you know would turn like Watkins Mill, and they would mill. They'd use the water. To, to mechanize the process of grinding the grain and, and he was we were talking he was showing me how they did it with the the two millstones and all of that one time I was out in uh, 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 Mount Vernon uh, where have you been anyone been to Mount Vernon oh you got to check it out sometime so uh, George Washington uh, at his place at Mount Vernon down over the hill from uh, his house down in the bottom they reconstructed his mill uh, and it's it's it's, it's very similar to uh, the, the same process, but very mechanized. So they would have horses uh, in this octagon-shaped barn. They would have horses up top walking and threshing corn. They'd be walking on top of the the stalks, or whether it was wheat or corn. And uh, as they walked, there were there were holes in the floor, and it would push the grain through, and the grain would drop to the next level, and then that would that would eventually basically push the grain into a milling process, which then it would drop down again, and those horses would be milling it as they threshed it, and then it would grind it end up into the to the grain, and then at the bottom it was like a three level thing, like the you know like you know the tabernacle, uh, it was three levels, and then at the bottom you would come away with with your processed grain. So they did all of it in like one uh, one building. It was pretty pretty. Like wow, that's pretty uh, wise how they did all that. So um, have a process for filtering out horse dung. I uh, didn't know about the horse dung. I think that's just probably extra you put in your coffee. So uh, yeah, so yeah, the horse dung didn't make it through the cracks, Ron. They just uh, squ- I, I don't know what they did with that, but uh, that's why you want to cook that down. <laughs> so, uh, but at any rate, it was pretty fascinating to see uh, see the process how they did all that. I don't know what that has to do with anything other than all everything I just described, even the mechanized uh, versions, requires quite a bit of labor uh, to get that done. So plowing is, uh, you know, in many places still done behind an ox. 
planting and maintaining a harvest is is labor intensive a lot of like if you go to many places in asia they're going to plant that rice by hand still they're not going to they're not going to have a machine going and plunking you know today they got cross stitching literally cross stitching every seed is counted and what have you it's amazing uh what they can do today uh one of the guys we went to jamaica with a few years ago was a as an ag uh you know agronomist ag specialist out of mu and was telling me that every when they shoot that seed into the ground now every seed is 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 accounted for going in the ground not just coming not just the harvest coming out going in the ground and when they hit the corners they know how to stitch it so they don't waste seed they don't overdo seed it's 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 crazy to me it's like wow uh so things have really changed a lot and so it's not quite as labor intense uh, but man, the old days of planting and uh, and then harvesting was and, and you know praying that God would bring the increase very intense. So uh, the sheaves that you see mentioned in the scriptures, uh, you know you can travel today and you can still see those. And at least in Asia, they'll have that uh, whether it's corn or wheat or whatever, they'll have it in the sheaves and and getting ready to go to uh, go to uh, harvest. So or when they harvest it, then they'll go and and uh, and. Uh, um, what am I trying to say? They'll mill it from there. So the uh, to bear fruit as a husbandman or a farmer requires work. That's the that's the short answer to all that. So the husbandman works to prepare the soil. The husbandman works to protect the property from predators. So whether it's a vine, you know, uh, you got to have good soil. Uh, you got to have a the pr- property protected, right? So the foxes, you don't want the foxes spoiling the vine because there's always a little fox that will spoil the vine. The Old Testament speaks of that little fox that would, would spoil those vines. And the Shulamite was working in a garden that was walled to protect uh, uh, from those who would ruin the fruit thereof. And so the husband must be patient to wait for God to provide the increase. And so, you know, that's hard That's hard for a lot of us to be patient and wait. Uh, I was just at lunch talking to Alan uh, Johnson about about that very thing about the difference between some of the we're talking about this very concept in regard to missions and how there's these mission amway missions models that you get involved with or you don't get involved with in our case and uh they it's like a promise you know 50 bucks a month you know and you can have this many pastors and we train all these hundreds of pastors and um you know well i've seen some of those models and and they actually aren't discipleship models they're 50 dollars a month models and so you can get a lot of people to to have a bible study for 50 dollars a month but you got hirelings you don't really have shepherds and you don't have discipleship and so it's better to slow roll and uh, and really invest in faithful men who are able to teach others also that's more of a husband model it takes a little more uh, time and investment but it'll bear more fruit at length um, and one of the examples uh, that we've been near is over in the area that Doug Pearson is working right now. And so he's engaging us right now with the need to train faithful men in uh, in uh, this particular area of Asia. And uh, it's the fruit of a, of a failed attempt many years ago where there was numerous churches and numerous pastors. And, you know, everyone in the, in the world was going to jump in and throw money at this thing. And uh, eventually the Charismatics came on. You know what they did? They threw more money at it. So all the pastors left and went with the charismatic group. So a decade later, Doug's back, and he's working with the people who remained. Right? Those are the faithful men uh, that remain. So you've got to be a patient husbandman. You've got to be a patient farmer to get the fruit. Uh, it's not going to grow overnight, and you can't just throw money at it and expect it to grow. You gotta, there's got to be an investment. So the husband must be patient to wait for God to provide the increase. So James 5, 7 says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, 
and hath long patience for it until he received the earth or received the early and latter rain. So the husband must be diligent to harvest the crop when God blesses with fruit. You got to wait on that, and uh, and he also, of course, the rain that's associated with it. That's got to be frustrating. Uh, you know, I was just talking with uh, Dale Newkirk uh, and talking about the the, the loss of uh, you know of uh, livestock that they've had in south, southern Missouri due to the, the drought the last several months. So a lot of livestock has been uh, dead. Just right down here in Passaic has come up from south of El Dorado and just. Thousands of head of cattle have just been sold off and uh, and gone to slaughter because the farmers can't feed them. Right? There's not enough rain. Right? They didn't get the latter rain in time, so uh, the fall rain didn't come soon enough. So those guys sold them off. So the 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 the, the uh, beef prices will probably be going up here in addition to all the other things that are going up uh, because uh, because of the rain cycle. So we're dependent on the Lord. We got to be patient and wait and. Uh, and we're dependent on God to provide the rain. So point two, the minister of God is a husbandman. I gave you point two. The minister of God is a husband. I don't know. Let me turn this over. I gave you guys three pages. Yeah, the minister, that's point two. The minister of God is uh, an husbandman. So the analogy comes to us. Um, the discussion of the husbandman is not limited to Timothy. Uh, Paul also uh, used it. When speaking to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 3, 4, the Bible says, For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, or who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? You like that? I like the humility of Paul there. He's, like, he's, even, he's in this discussion. He's like, who am I? And who's, who's Apollos? Uh, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Like, we all know who's really growing the plants around here. Uh, we do our part, but God does his part. And a plant doesn't grow apart from God making it grow, because he's the one who, who has designed it. So the minister of the gospel understands that God needs us to do our part, so we allow God to do his part. And, of course, God wants to do his part. Uh, but the real issue is, are we doing our part? Are we, are we planting and are we watering? Right and uh, and you know planting and watering um, are both important, right? And so, uh, if it's your turn to water, water. If it's your turn to plant, plant. But either way, God gets the increase. So point number three, uh, and then we'll be done for tonight. And I'll pick up B next time. Uh, all believers are in, uh, intended to be husbandmen. All believers, right? So it's not some believers. Well, that's not my spiritual gift. Well, no, uh, it's not about gifting. It's about calling. So all believers are intended to be husbandmen. And I got an exclamation point, so I should scream that at you. All believers are intended to be husbandmen. I'm just not feeling like yelling tonight, but you guys get what I'm saying. Uh, it's not the right uh, venue for that. But 1 Corinthians 3, nine: For we are laborers together with God. I mean, you could just hang on the rim and think about that. We are laborers together with God. You know, really, does God need to labor? No, he spoke the worlds into existence. But he created labor. Uh, and uh, he allows it. Uh, Adam, you know, had to enter that labor because of sin, and then God's entered into the field because of our sin to, to redeem us from it. But there's work to do to redeem those that are left in the field. So we enter into that labor, and we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. And so he uses a couple different analogies. Husbandry, of course, he is the he is the vine, we're the branches. But also he uses the building analogy, which we can go to Ephesians chapter 
4 and well really the book, whole book of Ephesians talking about fitly joined, fitly framed. So both of those models were on God's or were in Paul's heart when he was talking about the the way God has constructed the body 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, so we're a body, we're, we're, a, we're a plant, we're a building. You know, so all of those apply. There's a lot of great analogies in all of those uh, that we can look at. But tonight we're talking about being a husbandman. So all believers are intended to be husbandmen. So all of us are intended to be part of this watering and the uh, sowing and watering process so that God can get the increase because God is the ultimate husbandman. right? And so uh, the work is great and we need people to enter the field. And man, that's just a burden on my heart. So Luke 10.2 Therefore saith he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth labors into his harvest. I believe that Alan touched on that this morning as, the, as a commandment, direct commandment to pray for the Lord of the harvest. Uh, and uh, you would think that I, I got what, I just am copying all his references because I think I've hit about four references or five references that he said this morning. Uh, but I'm not. This is definitely of the Lord. And I tell you guys, this is really the key. Like at HBF, I would love for us to be, I mean, we are just not churning out church planners. We're not churning out pastors. We're not churning out missionaries. Um, you know, my my and my heart was that we would just have disciples here that would just grow up and go, and all of those things. And it just doesn't seem to be uh, happening like that for whatever reason. Um, a lot of it's because we're a tender plant, or we were, and we're just trying to get mature enough to do that. But I pray that that our labor and our faithfulness and our patience will pay off if the Lord tarries is coming, and we will actually be able to see even our church provide labors for the harvest, uh, beyond our four walls, I mean, beyond Heartland, um, and, and into other communities and uh, other uh, nations and so on and so forth, as the gospel requires us to do as we go, therefore, and teach others also, and, and I should say the Great Commission. So, man, uh, you know, so back to, back to are we, uh, what Alan said this morning, uh, are we weeping, right, and sowing? Uh, if we want to see people go, we got to sow. That's the truth of the matter. I mean, it's gonna. We'll have all this excitement about putting Bibles together and sending five thousand Bibles out. And I wouldn't say this to discourage anybody on such an exciting day uh, as and celebration. But let's just be real. We could get everyone together and get five thousand Bibles and get excited about shipping them somewhere for someone else to deliver. But we'll have we'll have a, in a couple of weeks. It'll be time to go out and invite people to harvest party, and we'll have a handful of people go out and actually go out and, and try to engage the community one on one in a relational way. And so uh, it's it's there's work to going out and sowing the seed. That's 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 husbandry work. You gotta go plant. And folks are just. I know there's all of these reasons and excuses, but somewhere we gotta say, look, if we don't sow, others won't go. And so we gotta be faithful with the little things, and God will bless us with the the major things. So. Uh, I am rejoicing in answer of prayer because God has provided leadership in our church uh, and he's growing the ministry and God is doing a good work here. So don't misunderstand what I just said. Uh, I mean, God's doing a good work here. But there's a lot of work to be done, right? It's not time to take a victory lap and break our arm patting ourselves on the back because there's a lot of lost people right here in Cass County that need to be won. And uh, we need to be about the business of, of sowing. That's all there is to it, and uh, and watering. So we sow the word through evangelism. We water when we're discipling, right? And we're we're, we're taking those tender plants and and uh, nourishing them. And, and it's not one or the other; it's all, right? We do it all, and we trust that God will get the increase. 
So uh, God has answered prayer, and there's incredible servants in this church, um, and there's incredible opportunities through ministries. I could go through a long list of ministries, and He's doing good stuff. Uh, you know, uh, that we, I was peeked in on the uh, st- uh, Keep Him in Stitches ministry a couple days ago. I mean, literally, talk about tears. They're in there weeping. Uh, one of the ladies is giving a devotion, and their tears are flowing. The women are engaged in the Word of God. It's beautiful. You know, I'm like, man, that is, that's incredible. Um, and then, you know, life issues. I was here a couple weeks ago, and lives are changed, and the testimonies. And I mean, all day long, I'm being plagued by some really silly stuff. Um, I show up here on Sunday, on a Friday night, and uh, I talk about little foxes and trying to rob your joy. And I show up here on a Friday night, and I hear all these testimonies, and I just look at Amy, and I'm like, this is so refreshing. I mean, it's so awesome to see what God is doing in people's lives, seeing fruit uh, that remains in the fruit of the gospel and the fruit of planting and sowing and being patient and praying and you know, not just Steve, obviously. Steve Fleshman has a lot to do with that, but so does Pat, and so does Linda, and so does uh, Chris Cohen, and so does Jim Stovall. I mean, there's just a whole team of farmers, man, and they're they're planting, and they're watering, and they're praying, you know, and God is blessing. And it's just it's just refreshing. I mean, it's just exciting. And, and we should be thankful for those things, and, and I hope that we are. Uh, and, and I'm so glad I was able to do that and be here. I needed that that night. And so... We're praying and trusting God to continue to, right now, fill the children's ministry. We really need 40 people. I was asking, uh, I asked uh, Mitchell to put some numbers to it. I'm like, Mitchell, what would it take really for us just to have have uh, a worker just have to work once a month? You know, just once a month, up and down the entire ministry. He says it takes 40 workers. We need 20 couples. We aren't going to get them. I mean, well, I hope we'll get them. But let's pray the Lord of the harvest tonight. Let's pray the Lord. Wouldn't it be cool if our people were lined? We had so many people lined up that, sorry, you can't work this month. We got, we got some. We got. We're going to have to schedule it for once every other month now. And everybody, oh, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to go take it to the streets, or we're going to go do some other. I mean, we got now. We got room. We're going to fill up the ABF. <laughs> you know, we're going to we're going to go out and do. We're going to be free to serve other places in the ministry because we got to put John and Romans together. Maybe we have time to do that now. Uh, maybe you know. I mean, so we can if we if everybody did a little bit in that regard. And like right now, the main thing they need is holding babies. I mean, that is of all the things that goes on in that area, that is the easiest thing to do. And I know God will fill that bucket. But that's something practically tonight. We can pray the Lord of the harvest that he will fill uh, fill that, that, that need. Uh, and Because if he's allowed the need, then he has a supply for it. And, uh, and that is really, again, that's, that's also going to be a joy to somebody. Because, uh, you know, sometimes you just need to hold a baby, right? And it's just a blessing to your soul. And that's not a hard thing to do. So let's pray for people. And I'm not, by the way, this isn't a call to y'all because you guys are all busy and you're here on Sunday night anyway. I'm just saying, let's just pray that God gets people uh, discipled in this church, grown up in the church, so that they can fill those holes. And maybe even some people that think they're past that, you know, like, oh, I did that 20 years ago. Well, it's okay. You can go back and do it again. You know, um, I've been working in children's ministry pretty much for 30 some years already. So, <laughs> I mean, you're never too old to help out with the children's ministry because that's that's that generation needs to know who you are. It's going to mean a lot for them uh, when they get older and they look back. I heard someone uh, who was telling me that. I think I don't know if it was Mitchell. Somebody was talking to me about like Herb uh, Burton, who many of you don't even know who Herb Burton was. When I met Herb Burton, his marbles were gone. He was already suffering from dementia. 
but somebody in our church was I think it was Mitch Mitchell or someone remembers when they were little and Herb Burton was down at a Garden City Church teaching them in the children's ministry Herb and Leela and uh, you know I hear those stories and I think about that and I see the impact uh, that faithfulness makes uh, in in people's lives and it's not the preacher it's the it's the Sunday school worker it's the person just helping anyway I could go on and on and I would like to but I digress so so we're praying the Lord of the harvest right to send called men and women to participate in our discipleship process and be a part of the sent ones of this church uh, uh, literally it'd be great to continue to fill the ranks I am so thankful for how God is is helping us with HBI and filling those classes that's exciting and uh, I just pray that God continues to, to that we're faithful and that we continue to see people that are consecrated to God's word and his mission and literally will fulfill that mission both here and around the world, literally, because the world needs it. And uh, and we're praying that God would provide called men and women to, to reach out right here in our community. Volleyball's coming up here in a few months. We've got the harvest party coming up. There's all kinds of outreach going on all the time. And it's easy to go up. We're doing that again and just kind of, you know, dust off the old plan. But we got to, with every engagement, just like a farmer, you got to have a fresh effort, right? It, isn't, it doesn't matter what you planted last year, right? You got to go back to the storehouse, get a whole new bag of seed, a whole new, you got to go out and plow the field one more time and you got to plant that seed. And it takes a certain diligence and a patience uh, to be a good husbandman. And so that's why you got to be wise, you got to have wisdom. One of the things I shared with, uh, I don't remember, one of the guys this week who was a pastor here was that one of the visiting folks is I, I said don't oh it was alan because there wasn't a lot of amen and going on thursday night and he goes yeah you guys don't amen much and i said yeah but don't don't let that fool you i said this community is not a, they don't yell and hoop and holler a whole lot i said but there's a lot under the hood here you don't always know what you got you know because they're discreet i think a lot of that comes from their farming mentality uh there's a lot left under the hood you don't always know what people are sitting on uh, because they're wise they're farmers right they're always they're always kind of reserving a little in the tank because they don't know what's coming around the corner so uh man i pray that god would continue to 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 reach out uh in our community through all the various outreach ministries and of course i'm particularly i got a lot where your treasures there's your heart also so i'm invested in the, the volleyball i'm invested in the christ soccer academy um, is our roof falling in? I don't know. But, uh, man, I tell you guys, I'm excited about it. all God is doing uh, through those things. And we're praying that God provides, um, you know, uh, you know, a door that we can pray for that God would open is the detention home would open back up uh, along with the jail that is opening up. What a great place to sow the seed. That is a, that's a fertile field. A lot of dung there, right? So when the field's been dung, do you want to put some seed in it? Because it's going to bear fruit. And so uh, those are great places to invest. And so these are all things, practically thing, practical things. It's a great place to actually to stop tonight. This is on some of these practical things as husbandmen um, we can pray for that, that God can do um, with, the, with, with us joining him in the labor. I like that illustration that Alan used today with the Moravians. Was that him or was that Gary Berry? But one of them used that illustration with the Moravians. Uh, I think it was Alan this morning. A very good illustration. And how they weren't really, they weren't about a church planning program, right? They just wanted to go out and enjoy the sufferings of the Lord for the glory of God. And, and from that, a movement uh, was fostered. There's another one that went to Greenland as a grave digger. And uh, that was also one of the pioneering missionaries. And those guys weren't even, a lot of those guys were coming from a Lutheran background. They didn't even really have a, a good handle on the Word of God. But God blessed their sacrifice and their willingness to labor in the field. So we're praying that God continues to use all his body to sow water. And, and, uh, and we've got to be patient. 
And I'm saying that not to you. I'm saying that to me, right? So, uh, so the Bibles are off of here. We loaded them out today. They're on the crates out front, and then they'll eventually be on a ship to a truck and go to the warehouse, and they'll be in the barn. And Alan's going to get them out. But we got to be praying like a farmer. God's going to use that seed, and He's going to get that out. And we need to we need to be diligent to continue to pray. And then while we're praying that God uses that seed, we need to be about pouring the water on the seed that's been planted. Uh, and go back to making disciples and, and go back to sowing the Word of God in Boston and coming up in Oaxaca and in, and going up and helping the church in Monmouth. And uh, for me personally, pray for me. I'm going to be preaching at Focus Conference on the very subject of publishing this year. And I just found out yesterday, I, I, Sam, I was telling Amy I just, on the way home today from lunch that like me and Arion are the we are it uh, in the daytime sessions. I did not know that, so I was like, so I'm actually asking you all to pray for me. Like, I'm like, oh, I thought we were like a breakout. He says, no, you are the breakout. You and Arion are the breakout. So the whole focus of mission focus in the daytime sessions is is publishing Bible publishing, which is a huge opportunity to take a whole bunch of young people. That we're, I'm talking about just now, right? Young hearts, people that are motivated, and man, get them excited about this aspect of publishing the word. From not just uh, this this aspect that we're doing. I'm pointing to those Bibles that aren't there anymore. From the from what we do at Heartland to what Arion is doing with translation work, to also what Andrew Ong is doing in in Vietnam, right? And and literally sowing the word. They're translating a Bible there. Uh, this is going to go on the internet, so Brianna, you might want to strike all that. But uh, but so the word of God's being gonna it's it's being uh, it's being translated in in uh, undisclosed places, and it's exciting uh, what God is doing around the word of God. And that's why you probably if you were here this week, you've heard me mention Philadelphia uh, numerous times. I mean, the only way to accomplish the mission of God. And really break free from the bands of Laodicea is to have a Philadelphian effort, and a Philadelphian effort comes not from what Heartland is doing with the Word of God, uh, or what uh, this missionary or that missionary is doing with the Word of God. It's what we're all doing. It's what God is doing with His Word, and how we're all getting in on it to help Him, and we encourage one another in that. That's how the doors open that no man can shut, and uh, and those are the doors we need to we need to hear that knock. We need to, you know, and at this time we got to open the door, right? He opens doors no man can shut. This time he says, hey, could you open the door? And, of course, I believe that's this door. That's this book right here. He is the door. He's the gate of the sheepfold. And, uh, man, we need to open it up so people can know him and the power of his resurrection and be conformed to his image. So I'm excited about all of the things that God has. Wisdom of a faithful husbandman, point A, or point one, a faithful husbandman labors in the field. So that's the, that's the only thing we're going to cover tonight. Next week we'll get together. Uh, next week I'm out of town. Uh, Jeff, can you cover me? Sure. Okay. Um, if you can't, Jamie's almost ready. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, and Ron, Ron could do the deed as well very easily. So, um, I will be at Certainty. I'll be on my way to Certainty next week, Certainty Conference. And so, be praying for that. That's the one in New Philly. And I do have a, one of the things I'm going to try to do there is if Arion is there, I'm going to be connecting with him. And we'll also be talking about following up from some of the things we talked about here at our conference with some other pastors. So there's a lot of things that get accomplished at those meetings. And I will be home by the following Wednesday. I would also ask for travel mercies. I've got a sketchy flight out and a sketchy flight back just because I'm flying American Airlines out of Kansas City. But uh, my rental car is scheduled at uh, 11, well, at, 
after the rental car place closes. So I get it then at 11.58 if I get there on time on Sunday night, and the rental car place closes at midnight. So I'm hoping I can still get a car. I did the whole check-in with automatically so I don't have to go to the desk thing. Hopefully I can go walk on and get a car and leave in the middle of the night. If not, I'll be stuck in Detroit or uh, no Cleveland Airport in the middle of the night. I'll be fine. God will take care of me and I know what to do. But I'd prefer to get in my car and drive to New Philly. <laughs> so I, uh, I just if you think about me next Sunday night, pray for that, that that all happens. And so... Um, so I can be ready to go and roll on Sunday, on Monday morning. And then Wednesday I'll be coming back. I'm going to miss the Wednesday stuff and come back because I want to be here for Wednesday night and uh, not miss it. we got a good question coming up Wednesday night this week, and i got another one lined up the next week if I don't get some more. So uh, I'm excited about all that we're doing on Wednesday as well. All right, so that's a little bit about my schedule and uh, what we're doing. Um, are there any questions or comments about the message tonight? That took a little longer than I thought. I'm windy.